Imagine living your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, your master certified coach and midlife mentor. And I'm so glad to be here with you again for this week's episode, which is about the question, who do you think you are in midlife? And what I'll be talking specifically about is the powerful effect of labeling yourself and others. Now, this has come up a lot lately with my clients, and that's always a sign that we should take a look at this a little bit more in the podcast. So that's what we're going to do. But first, this episode is sponsored by the Finally First Club, an online program and community for midlife women ages 50 and better who are stuck and feel like they're running out of time to reach their potential. Now, is this you? It's so common. Through this program, you work with a master certified life coach, that's me, and learn how to prioritize yourself in a whole new way. You're going to be upgrading every part of your life, your relationships, health, career, and more. You're going to be pursuing your goals with clarity instead of leaving them on the back burner. And you're going to stop doing a bunch of crap that drains your energy and things that don't feel meaningful because you haven't been focusing on your priorities. You're going to figure out how to use your time differently. So you are on your agenda, my friend. I call this regret proofing your life so that in a couple of more decades, you're going to feel like you rocked it, like you had a fabulous life that you were actually excited about. The bottom line is that when you finally put yourself first, you can make sure that you're happier and more fulfilled. And you know, set yourself up to get excited about your life again. So if you're having a midlife crisis, or if you're spinning in a midlife funk, if you're feeling lost or purposeless, maybe drained, confused, maybe just unclear about your goals, or maybe you feel blah, then I think the Finally First Club will be a perfect fit. It's actually life-changing and upbeat, and it's for women just like you. You can make this your favorite one-stop shop for all of the midlife coaching, mindfulness, and guidance that you need. The thing is that you don't have to feel stuck and alone. So join us there and finally put yourself first. Get the support and community you've been looking for. Stop spinning around in confusion, my friend. It's a big, giant waste of time. You have more important things to do and you know it. So you can become a first lady instead. Way better, way more fun. You can hang out with like-minded women and feel amazing about getting yourself unstuck. So head over to www.iamfinallyfirst.com and join us there. All right, today's topic is one that I'm sure you're familiar with in one way or another. It's about that question you might be asking yourself these days, Who do I think I am? You know, in midlife at this age. It's a common question to be asking yourself. Now in midlife, or even specifically in regard to the whole empty nest thing, it comes up a lot then too. But there's a twist. The question is often asked, Who am I? Like the age old existential question, you know, right along there with, What's the meaning of life? What is my true nature, my essence? What is my identity? What is my greater purpose? How should I live my life? Now, those are great questions too, for sure. Like they're solid, but I want to take it 
from a slightly different perspective. Who do I think I am these days in midlife? Specifically, I want to look at the effect of labeling yourself and others. People typically become aware of this topic from a variety of different perspectives. Maybe the way you think about yourself, maybe the way you think about others, maybe labels that you've been using or are common in a professional context at work. A label is simply how you think about yourself up there in your brain. That's the type of label I'm thinking about in your mind. And this turns out to be a big deal. Here's why. You might think of yourself as a lazy person or a late person, for example, or my personal favorite, technology challenged. Perhaps your go-to personal label is that you're ugly or that you're slow or not coordinated, or maybe that you're not good with numbers. You know what I mean? Labels tend to stick. They stick in your brain and become a thought that you think over and over and over, sometimes for decades. And eventually it becomes something that you just believe, like it's a part of you. It's hard to even see it as an optional way to think. Labels can go either way too. They can be positive or negative, but the ones that usually get in your way are the negative ones. So some examples of positive labels would be perhaps that you're organized or that you're a great leader. And a negative one might be that you struggle or that you're big boned. Lots of negative labels. We get comfortable with labels. We also use them to describe ourselves and other people. We don't just reserve labels for ourselves. (laughs) You might have seen this with a teacher, an actor, or a friend, or somebody popular on TV, or your parents, even your kids. Things like this. She's difficult. She's moody. She thinks she's all that. She's full of herself. She's easily distracted. He's superficial. She's creative. He's talented. You see what I mean? There's all kinds of labels, positive and negative. I'm sure that as I'm bringing this up, you might even be thinking about what labels people had for you and perhaps what labels you adopted for yourself, either someone else's label for you or your label for yourself. So here's the gist. There is a theory behind labels. (laughs) Labeling theory is basically about how your identity and behavior is influenced by the terms or the labels you use to describe or classify yourself. Now, as you know, a lot of times someone else's labels are what you end up thinking about, and that is the label that sticks. Now, the importance of being sensitive to labeling comes up all the time, like I said, regarding parenting and all kinds of relationships. Um, But the thing is that these labels can stick and they can have a big effect. One way to think about it that's kind of funny is that it sticks like a sticky note. And one of my favorite all-time products, and boy, do I love sticky notes. It is the sticky note in all the colors and shapes. I love sticky notes. But that's kind of what happens with a label. It sticks like a sticky note. It sticks like a sticky note you can't get off very easily. (laughs) If you buy a cheap sticky note, sometimes you can't get them off. A nice sticky note, then they come off easily. But anyway, that's the thing. Labels can be powerful and they can really stick. Now, I remember being in intro psych way back in 1981 in university and hearing about some research about the power of labels. You may have heard this too. A researcher named Robert Rosenthal did a study way back when with rats, where he actually labeled the rats either smart or dumb. 
It wasn't based on anything, though. It was just a random label on random lab rats. But what happened was that the people interacting with the rats had these expectations in mind, and it affected the rats' performance in a maze. Do you follow? So the smart rats had better performance than the dumb rats because of the way they were being interacted with with the human. (laughs) Now, the same thing was shown in all kinds of other research and other situations with teachers' expectations of students. And it was it's also been seen with um, sports, with coaches working with athletes and even in the military. It's a great example of how powerful this type of thing is. Now, in these cases, somebody else, even an animal, was affected by the way that you're thinking and what you're saying to them based on a label. And when you label yourself, that thought affects your feelings and ultimately your behavior as well as your outcomes. Your outcomes end up supporting or proving the way that you think, like a self-fulfilling prophecy. A label, whoever gives it to you, can eventually become a thought of your own. So think about it. Something happens or somebody says something to you about you and you hear it. This label means something to the person who labeled you and then you make the label mean something about you. So you interpret it yourself. And just like any circumstance in your life, it's the same sort of thing. Now in thought work, we think about things that happen and things that are said and things that are done, like I said, like a circumstance. They are factual. But the most interesting thing about a circumstance like this is that it kind of ends up anchoring your thought. So they're related but different. Circumstances in and of themselves don't have an emotional component. They're just words or something that happens. They are neutral or factual. Like, um, you know, they're black and white. There's no interpretation there. But then we interpret it. So by itself, it's just a word or a happening. But then we interpret it. So your brain interprets it. And then we have a thought or an opinion about it, whatever it is. And that thought is what creates your feelings now in the moment. So it's not the label that somebody gave you 35 years ago that's creating your feeling now. It's how you've interpreted it now in the moment that is creating the way you feel about it. So if that thing's stuck, you're interpreting it now and it's having an effect now, like I said, even if it was ages ago. So if somebody told you that you were lazy when you were 10, the way you think about it now is what creates the way you feel now and then the way you act now as a result. Lots of labels are originally from our childhood like this. As you can imagine, this whole labeling thing can become a big deal. (laughs) But I wanted to talk to you about it in midlife. So the question is, why is this a big deal in midlife? Two main reasons. This is what I think. The first is that in midlife, you've been around for a while and you've developed a strong habit for thinking this way as a result. Now, I know everyone defines midlife differently and that's okay. But in general, I like to think of it as a beautiful combination of age and stage of life. But generally speaking, it's in the 40 to 60 year old chunk of life or 45-ish to 65-ish. In both cases, it depends a lot on what's going on for you. And that could be anything from menopause to empty nest to career change at 50 plus to caring for your elderly parents to retirement planning. There's just so many things. Um, But the thing is 
that labels are a big deal because at your age, midlife-ish age, you've probably been thinking thoughts about your labels for 30 or 40 years. Yes, 30 or 40 years. So if someone started to call you lazy when you were 12, that's a long time to think about yourself that way if that label was one of the labels that's stuck. Do you follow? Imagine if you were thinking something nice about yourself or if, you, or if a positive label stuck and that's what you've been thinking about for 30 or 40 years. But when it's negative, it's really, really powerful. So I think you're starting to get what I mean. I've had so many clients identify these labels and thoughts related to regret-proofing their lives. Sometimes it's about their dissatisfaction with their career because they didn't do what they really wanted to do, what they were passionate about because a parent or a teacher labeled them and told them that they weren't good at that or it wasn't a good idea because of the label that that person had for them. And then that person would have incorporated that label into their lives as though it was a real thing and started to have thoughts about it and then feelings and ultimately results. Or perhaps it was about their struggle to lose weight and somebody told them early on that they never stick to anything. And then that's the thought that they ended up thinking about themselves for decades because somebody else thought that this person lacked discipline, that kind of thing. Now in midlife, you've been thinking thoughts for a long time and they have become habits. They feel real. They don't feel optional at all. And when they're not useful, it's imperative to get some clarity on what's going on up there so that you can fix it. Right now, it's a thought error, if you ask me. And you owe this to yourself to understand the power you have to create the life that you want. This is what happens when you learn to think on purpose instead of adopting labels from ages ago. Okay, that's the first thing. Now, the second thing is you now have a sense of time passing by and you know it's time to take control of your life. Yes, it is big girl panty time. (laughs) And if you're listening to this podcast, I have a sense that you know you need to learn some skills to help you bust out of a midlife funk of some sort. You can feel it in your bones. You want to grow. You're no longer content. Now, this is also common. You're right. It is a common thing to regret not allowing yourself to be happy, not being more intentional with your life in general. When you get a handle on what's going on up there with the way that you're choosing to think about yourself, you will see that you're not so nice all the time. Mean girl is alive and well. You're just believing stuff willy-nilly. Just because you have a thought about yourself doesn't mean it's true. And now, by focusing on mindfulness skills like understanding the difference between a neutral fact and what you think about it, can start to separate out thoughts and examine them. So that's what you can do. Once you get this straight, that there are things that happen and things that people say, and then there's what you make it mean, what you think about it. Once you're able to do that simple skill, it's simple but complex. It is the the main way that people run into trouble when they're trying to do this work. But once you get good at it, separating out your thoughts, you can examine them. You can take a look at them. And that's powerful. You can ask yourself questions about what you're thinking with greater ease. 
because you're you're it's like you're watching your thoughts instead of believing every thought that pops in instead of imagining your thoughts as part of who you are you separate yourself out from your thoughts and watch them and ask questions about them and learn to think on purpose and you know that it's time for you to create your life on purpose instead of just responding to thoughts opportunities, and experiences. You don't want to be an autopilot. You want to be able to do things on purpose, to think on purpose, to feel on purpose, to act on purpose, and to create your life on purpose. If not now, when? You know this. I know this. And the only thing that separates you from the courage you need to lean into the life that you want is a thought. Let's work on this together, my friend. I am here for you and you can do this. It starts with asking yourself why more often. Is this true? Why do I believe this? What do I want to believe about myself instead? Really, it's that simple and that complex. One thought at a time. Okay, that's it for this episode. As you know, my focus as a midlife coach is to help you waste less time spinning and feeling stuck about aging, about labels, (laughs) about empty nest, about relationships, about your career, about being more compassionate toward yourself, about all of it. It's time to get excited about your intentional life again. Absolutely. Remember, being the queen of your brain domain is the best way to be, and I am here to help. This is what you'll learn when you hire me as your coach. Learning the mindfulness concepts are one thing, but when it comes to applying the concepts, that's when you really benefit from coaching. Make sure to join the Finally First Club. We are waiting for you over there. It's your one-stop home away from home for midlife coaching, community, and connection. You can finally get that fresh perspective that will help you sail into your next chapter with a big smile on your face. So join us now at www.iamfinallyfirst.com. For show notes and links, head over to www.coachwithsusie.com. And to get a copy of my new book, 50 Ways to Celebrate Life After 50, check out Amazon or your favorite online bookseller or go to www.50waystocelebrate.com. Let's do this, ladies. It's time for you to put yourself first, one thought at a time, and maybe one label. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. (music) 